Hey firecrackers, it's Naomi and welcome to the firecracker department. Just a little heads up for this episode, A, you know, it's Zoom, there was a lot of people on Zoom, so it's a bit glitchy at times, but push through because it's absolutely worth it. And also there's some saucy language, let's say, in this episode, so if that's too much for you, skip this episode and catch up on one of our other podcasts. Now we are going to take next week off, I know, shocker, shocker of all shockers. Firecracker department taking a week off? What? Okay, we're not actually taking a week off. We're taking off a week to prepare for our exciting third annual Toronto International Film Festival, AKA TIFF, TIFF Brunch. The Firecracker TIFF Brunch. Oh my gosh. It's honestly, it's one of my favorite things. And we have done this TIFF party. This is the third year. The first year was in person. Amazing people came. I hope you came. I hope if you didn't come, you'll come to one of our virtual ones. And then in person, everybody's welcome. But we are going to do everything this year virtually. So we're going to be bringing you all the fun events, all the things that we were going to do in person, but virtually. So. Wherever you are in the world, you can come join us on Sunday. That's Sunday, September 12th. Put that in your calendar. This is one of the great things about, you know, Zoom and online events is that we can include all the international firecracker friends that we have made over the past year or two years. I'm hoping to see a lot of faces from, uh, you know, the firecrackers in Berlin and the UK and America, Canada, Mumbai and Sweden, in France. I mean, they're all over, so I hope I'll see some of you on Sunday, September 12th. Here's how the event's gonna go. We're gonna get warmed up with a little Facebook page, TIFF Virtual Red Carpet, which is gonna be live on our Facebook at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. You're gonna wanna write this down, put it in your calendar, set your reminders. We're gonna have so many special guests pop onto the red carpet with us. We're gonna have some guest interviewers and we're gonna give away our Blaze Award that we do every year. The first year it went to Jan Arden, last year it went to Michelle Buteau. This award is presented to a spectacular woman or non-binary artist who has outstanding achievements in their artistic field and contributes and gives back to their community. Somebody that is just doing it all, but also doing it all with heart and care and firecrackerness. This year the Blaze Award goes to, oh, I'm really excited screenwriter, author, advocate, and Emmy award-winning Joe Venicola. And I just love Joe. I love them so much. I had been wanting to talk to Joe for a long time. I think their work on screen and as an artist is exquisite. I love shining a light on anything that they're doing. They also do a lot of work with ACTRA, which is the Canadian Performers Union. And they do a lot of work with the queer community. So they are just killing it. I had no doubt, no doubt in my mind that the award should go to Joe. And when I mentioned it to the core team, everybody was unanimously like, yes, absolutely. Joe and I finally got a chance to sit down for one of our podcasts a little while ago. And it was kind of this odd time because their father had just passed away and then my father just passed away. So we kind of came together and lived, I'm not going to say the same journey because I feel like our relationships with our fathers were very different, but interesting time to come together. So I'm really, really excited to have Joe as our Blaze Award winner this year. And I have to also mention that all the Blaze Award winners get a very special, unique gift from Major Look Jewelry in Toronto. And if you haven't checked out their stuff, you've got to go. They are not only an amazing co-op of exquisite jewelry artists, 
but they do everything with care and with heart, and Sarah leads the way with such grace. Magelook.ca for all the information around that, and keep in touch with our Instagram, because I'll be taking a picture of this unique gift when we present it to Joe. Now, after the red carpet and the Blaze Award presentation, that all happens from 1 until 2 Eastern Time. And then from 2 to 4, we are going to move over into a virtual TIFF brunch where we are going to have a writing room, a wellness department room, a trivia room, a script department room, a mentorship department room, a live performance by Daily Fair, and just so much more. You can pop around to these different breakout rooms and maybe get your cards read, maybe do a writing game, or maybe participate in the trivia room. There is so much going on, and they will all be hosted by the core Firecracker Department team. For all the latest TIFF brunch and Firecracker Department updates, you know where to go. I mean, I say it every time. It's our newsletter, www.firecrackerdepartment.com, or follow us at firecrackerdept. And we would love to have you part of any and all events. So if you have any questions about the TIFF event or even anything to do with Firecracker Department, drop us a line, firecrackerdepartment at gmail.com. Easy. Okay, on to this week's episode. Oh, you are in for a treat. We are celebrating the second season of Work in Progress by bringing all of you a bonus episode with a throwback to our Facebook Live Work in Progress panel that we did last July in 2020. It was a while ago, and I am so thrilled to not only revisit this panel, but to be able to bring it to you as a celebration of their second season. I don't know if you've seen first season, but if you hadn't, get in on that. It's fantastic. It'll make you cry. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you just feel all the feels, but in a beautiful way. Go on over and binge the heck out of this season one on Showtime in the US or Crave TV in Canada. And then get on season two, right? Now Work in Progress season two is currently airing Sunday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern time and Pacific time. 11 p.m. no matter what. And that's on Showtime. For those of you who don't know, Work in Progress is about Abby, a 45-year-old self-identified fat queer dyke whose misfortune and despair unexpectedly lead her to a vibrantly transformative relationship. It's really beautiful. It's a beautiful relationship and painfully beautiful too. Honestly, this show has so much heart. It made me cry and I laughed. I yelled at the screen a couple of times, all of it. And uh, it was just so much fun being able to hang out with the cast on this panel and uh, they're all from the improv world, which is where I came from with Second City, so it was just a treat to connect with them virtually and also about this show. And the chemistry in the cast and the writers, it's just, uh, it's electric. Yeah, it's just electric. On the panel, I chatted with Abby McEnany, who stars as Abby and is the co-creator of Work in Progress, and Celeste Picoche, who stars as Campbell, Abby's best friend, Mary Sohn, who stars as Susan, Abby's super annoying office mate, and Kate James, who stars as Miriam and is a writer for the show. Oh, by the way, Celeste and Mary were past podcast guests, so go check out their episodes. You can get like the full work in progress sandwich with these interviews. But first, check out the work in progress panel. I know you're going to love it. Let me know what you thought at firecrackerdept. I loved this chat. Super fun. I'd hang out with these folks any old time, any day. I hope you enjoy it. Here's the panel of Work in Progress. Uh, all right, let's bring some of my panel guests in. I'm so excited. I'm going to introduce these panelists. I'm so jazzed. i got to calm down. I'm so excited. And I'm going to give you a couple of their um, credits. And then one of them is going to be false. You tell me which one's false. First of all, we have Mary Sohn. Oh, my goodness. I've known Mary Sohn for a couple of years. I fell in love with her. 
when we did a corporate gig with Second City in Bahamas of all places. That's what you do. And uh, oh, I just became such a fan. You'll know her from Second City. You'll know her as one of the stars of AP Bio. She's on Teachers. She was in the Between Two Ferns movie. Uh, she also toured uh, the hit musical Annie Get Your Gun. And she was known to be shouting out, hey, Annie, I got your gun. Which one of that is false? Let's bring in Mary Sohn. There she is, Mary. Oh my gosh, I'm so Thank excited you so to much. see you. Uh, you're one of my favorite people in the world. I'll never get sick of seeing you, my friend. Right back at you. I love you. Let's keep going. We've got Kate James. Kate James, I also met on this. Goodness. The Second City Corporate connected us with so many different fantastic favorite people of mine. Kate James uh, and I, I remember doing this corporate gig that didn't go great. And I remember her looking at me going, well, you can't get them all. And then, <laughs> do you remember this, Kate? This guy said at the end, we thought this guy was going to lambaste us. And he stood up. He said, this is one of the best workshops I've ever taken. Yep. yep. And Kate was like, hmm, never know what you're going to get. You'll know Kate uh, as a Second City gal. And also she's from the IO world. And then she's also one of the co-creators and writers of Freud from Chicago Public Radio. Uh, she also writes for the one and only Sir Patrick Stewart, which you'll meet Kate and you'll be like, yeah, that makes sense. You'll also <laughs> understand that Kate was uh, recognized as the reason why Patrick Stewart came up with that whole English accent thing, because she encouraged him to do it. Which one of those things are false? It's Kate James. <laughs> then we've got Celeste Koch, who you'll know as Campbell in Work in Progress. And she's also a Second City alum. She's from IO and the PAC. TV credits are Masters of Sex, Workaholics, uh, Hot in Cleveland. She's got her own cooking show at home that if you haven't seen it, you gotta go see it. Oh, what? She's an artist. She paints dogs on felt like the one behind her. What can she do? It's almost, she's a part-time surgeon. She sometimes dabbles in law, and she is the creator of the nacho burger french fry pizza, which is a thing of marvel. Mwah! Celeste Koch. And last but absolutely not least, the co-creator of Work in Progress, Abby Mekanani. Oh my gosh, she's a mainstay of Chicago improvising scene with IO, Annoyance, Second City. Uh, she was named the Improviser of the Year at the Del Close Award. Uh, she's done two one-person shows, one that was called They're Not All Winners, and the other one that's called Work in Progress hence the TV show with Showtime. And she's a lover of social media. She's often found on Instagram, Facebook, just different <laughs> things. She just loves it so much. Uh, they actually thought about changing the name Twitter to McEnany. That's how much she loves it. Welcome, everybody. Hi. Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. I am so excited to have you all here. And you haven't seen each other maybe since you wrapped last season. Is that right, Abby? Um, I haven't seen Celeste or Mary uh, in person since then, but I, uh, Kate, um, we were able to actually have a writer's room this year. Uh, this season was just pretty exciting. So Kate was one of our writers. Uh, she was a punch-up writer last year and then a staff writer this year. So she flew in I, uh, early February. And so um, before she left for quarantine, I, we were spending five weeks together. That was great. And now we, 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 we see each other in Zoom every day. So <laughs> I have to say so. This is one of my favorite kind of shows because it's a sneaky comedy. Because you're watching it and you're like, oh, what a funny, delightful comedy. Yeah, Abby wrote this. She's got Second City improv genes. She's got that in her blood. And then it's like, bam, it's also going to hit your heart. It's suddenly there's a scene in Snowfall that I'm bawling in. And I love that because you're all from a, such an improv background. I'd love to know from each of you specifically, 
what, what do you think makes this experience so unique on this set? Uh, maybe we'll start with Mary. Oh, dang. Okay. Yeah, right? <laughs> Mary's okay. like, mm, go to somebody else. Hey, she's checking her. Something when it comes to down. We saw you sleeping in the back of the class. Yeah. I was. Yeah. I heard everything. I threw a piece of chalk at you. What was the question? <laughs> Can you repeat the question? Oh, no. Why do you think, why do you think this show is such a unique experience? Because it feels like, not in like perfect storm, because I don't think it's a storm negative sense. I think it's like a perfect circus of people together. What do you think, Mary? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was really lucky enough to film the very first day of filming with Abby and then the very last day of filming. And it just, um, yeah, just even from the first table read, I was just so blown away. I obviously have been a good friend of Abby's for a long time, but I just wasn't even, I didn't know. I wasn't aware of how like honest and real and vulnerably deep Abby was willing to go. So even though I know her as such a good friend, I was like, oh wow, I'm truly blown away. That's not the question at all. I still <laughs> like it. I like what's going on here. Okay, I think cool. we're having a good time. <laughs> But it's true because you'll look at Abby's at your sketches and you're like, oh, you play like really fun, wild characters. And then like where you got these acting genes in you. Where, where did you get those from, Abby? Oh, uh, jury's out. Uh, I, yeah, I'm not. Uh, that's kind. How about that? That's very kind, Naomi. <laughs> don't, don't know how to talk about that. But. Um, yeah, you can't. It's not a great easy. How's that working? Of, How's this confidence thing working? <laughs> um, that's very kind. I uh, okay. Hey, Kate, how are you doing? <laughs> well, listen, I, I I can talk about Abby. Go ahead, Kate. She it's hard it's hard it's hard to talk about yourself. Um, so I will talk about her and Abby. Just take a deep breath, suck it up. Um, I think what works about this show is one hundred percent. Abby's willingness to show uh, a real portrait of a person, right? That sounds like a huge cliche to say, but um, I, I've never, and I think because I'm connected to the show, I find myself having conversations with all sorts of people who find the most intimate connection with Abby through all these different lanes, right? This This show touches on a lot if you haven't watched it yet there's a lot going on in the show um and i witness people grab a hold of like one small aspect and say oh my gosh she's telling my story i also lost a parent oh my gosh she's telling my story i also struggle uh with mental illness oh my gosh she's telling my story i also um have friends or a lover or uh, you know person in my family who is trans Oh my God, like there's so many ways in which people can um, put themselves into the story. And I don't think any of that works without the central character showing up as an authentic person. Cause I just think people wouldn't buy it. I think they'd be like, oh, this. And um, yeah, I mean, I I'm gonna double down on what Mary said. As somebody who's known Abby for years, I think what I find most delightful is that people that have known her as an improviser and as a comedian are watching this show and they're they're blown away because we often don't have the ability 
to go deep when we're on stage in front of people at Second City or IO. They're, they're not there for a patient comedy, they're there for a type of comedy. And this has allowed her to like show this part of her that she's never been able to um, exercise. The end. Oh boy, Abby. <laughs> So sweaty, huh? You're so like, sweaty. she hasn't been able to go deep. Have you seen me play freeze? I'm sorry. <laughs> Have you seen I, the arms expert? It's off the charts. Remember our, our two person scene? Um, can I get a what, what? Okay, now that is That's going down B sides right there. Abs and I did a two person show 20 years ago. Well, we need to like four scenes. We'll call it a show. Really, in really front of all those those lesbos in Chicago River, and I was like, "This is gonna be bad." It wasn't great, but I, but Celeste is, is a confident person. <laughs> it was it, it, it a scene. It was. I mean, this is the funniest scene ever, and I think we tried to pitch it to Gary Levine, didn't we? Or I think we tried uh, to pitch it to the cocktails, or maybe to Dave. I can't remember. Somebody at Showtime were like. Imagine this scenario. <laughs> Bad food restaurant. Um, Let me stop you before you start. I do. I do also um, want want to <laughs> piggyback um, uh, off of uh, that too. And in, in working on this show, just to to kind of encompass the the feeling that you get by being a part of this story is, you know, it all does kind of have that vibe of Abby's heart and and kindness and and unconditional love from from hair and makeup to to crafty to you know just everyone involved were could not be more kind and loving and um and that was the tone that was kind of really demanded by by abby and lily and everyone in involved and it just it just made it such a unique beautiful honest show when you have that in your atmosphere in front of the camera and, and behind it as well Wow, I mean, was that was that conscious, Abby? Were you like, okay, assholes hit the road? Yeah, Let's actually, make sure. yeah. I mean, the fact that you know everybody, you know, speaking to Celeste I mean, for our podcast, I'm like, you two are peas in a pod. Like, yeah, your laughter, <laughs> your energy, you guys have the same. <laughs> like, it's fantastic. Uh, so I would say, um, okay, so but, uh, yes, I think that like. Um, one of the most amazing things is that I, I appreciate that all of my, uh, these, these three very, very dear, lovely, close friends that have been important to me and for me for so long. I, so thank you for your kind words. But also the only reason I think that this show works is because of um, the people that Tim and I and then Lily were able to bring on board. And, and um, look, I, I really think this is a, a this is a love letter in my mind to Chicago and to the improv community here and the light and a thank you to the life that it has afforded me. Um, if, if that makes sense, we were able to uh, do, do everything here, which has been a, a total gift. And um, I, went off, I went off, but uh, yeah. And I would say like, so when we were hiring crew and again, I'd never been on a professional set before. So when you started like, what was unique on this set? I'm like, everything? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know anything. So, uh, but with Lily, uh, you know, having Lily Wachowski on your side is a pretty powerful thing. And, uh, you know, when we were hiring crew, it was always like, uh, she would, we would uh, interview department heads and she was like, we have a no asshole uh, policy. And it was like, we'd rather hire a person who, um, whether or not they have the resume, 
but they have the desire and they uh, the, they want to lift themselves, you know, to work together and like maybe learn new skills. Um, and I, I like for the very, almost like for the very most part, we, we were able to do that. And um, like, again, having like Mary Stone be on set for my very first day and like, I mean, it was like, I, I think I, I it just, she was next to me like the whole day and it was like, I'm gonna get a little misty. I started like 10 minutes ago, no bakes. Uh, that was the most amazingly beautiful, calming thing. And then, um, and then Celeste started the next week. And then, you know, that's great. And then like Kate, who really has been really a part of this when we were, when I, like, when we were writing the, the thing that was like a web series and I would talk to her and I was writing my, my one woman show and, and she had moved away, but like, she was, she's my person, right? So like, she's been a part of it from the very beginning. I can't, and then she, she was, you know, is cast as like the, uh, the, the weight loss uh, check-in lady. And that was to have her there. And I just remember it was, I think Kate, it was like the, the second full week. And like, it was just, that was amazing. And then to have Mary Stone show up on day 35. And like, I was fragile. <laughs> Oh, you weren't on day one, you fucking bitch. Yeah, I was. Oh, anyway, so like, I mean, and that was just amazing. And then also back to crew, I've got to say, I'm the luck. And also just because of these wonderful people here and so many others, I'm the most fortunate person on face of the planet. And then we had this crew and I got it. They helped me survive it. Like the, the hair makeup people, the set dresser, the sound folks and the camera department, the people who are closest to me proximity wise, really helped me, I, I, it sounds hyperbolic, it's not every every moment of every, every, every day shooting. It was, I, I couldn't have been set up better with the people around me and that is something I'm so grateful for. And a lot of that comes from the spirit of the improv community. And every, all these three women I, I've improvised with and I trust implicitly. Holly. And Tim Mason too, right? Yeah, so I mean that's like this crew of buddies. That. Like, like, yeah, we're, the only we're, difference is we're going to get paid to hang out now and you get right, exactly paid. right. Like yeah. Mason and I've been friends for over 20 years and we were going to work on something and he happened to come on one woman show and he was like, why don't we just work on this? And I was like, right on is something I've always wanted to do. Always wanted to work with somebody. And so, and that's, that's how it started. And then uh, when we shot our pilot, like Celeste was like, I think I can make it. And we had to move some stuff around and, and she came in and was on set for one day and then went home and we were like so thankful because like right when we were writing it was like oh Celeste is gonna play her your best friend we're like, yeah 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 you know I mean um and then we had so many gifts from the like from people in our community that gave in kind gifts and and like would show up to be extras and, and it was just an amazing um supportive thing for us and uh I know uh I, I'm just so thankful for it do you think there's something about the the newness of this to you? Because it is like, you know, you've done sketch before and you've done stuff on camera, but this is the first like TV set that you've been well, on. I really Do you think that helped you? I, I don't know about that. <laughs> like sometimes, sometimes, you know, it's good not to know. I, mean, I hope so. Oh, sure. I mean, I think that, I, I mean, the thing I've done on camera would be like, corporate video saying, ah, don't, don't, you know, don't rape uh, the, your coworker. Okay, oh, I don't remember that one. I don't oh, remember I'm sorry, that. You know, it, <laughs> yeah. Wait, was that? <laughs> but it's good 
it's, it's good sound it's advice. Good. That's sound advice. Yeah. But I'm sorry. I don't want to say I was. I don't know who this guy is, though. It, it was a corporate video, but um, yeah. it was my own corporation, and I, I shot it on my flip phone. So, no, I mean, never, you know, and did some web series that, like, for friends and stuff. Yeah. So, I, you know, honestly, I, I'm so it's it's we haven't uh, we haven't really taken a, a, like a substantial break, so I haven't really been able to like look back and be like, you know, I bet that's part of it. I don't know. I think so many beautiful things came together, and I have to say, uh, it's the three these three women here, and then and then some other like lovely folks that that made it happen. And, and anybody's like, this is Abby's show. No, it's like Tim and I created it, and then like the people that came together. It's None of it would have happened, and uh, would it without the, the folks here and, and so many other folks? Like, yeah, uh, I have an addition to Miss James uh, about that. Thank you. <laughs> I uh, I feel what is unique about Abby is that she is willing over and over again to admit out loud what she doesn't know, and I think our industry is surrounded by people who are pretending they have answers, <laughs> and and even if they do or don't it makes them you feel like you are not allowed to raise your hand yeah. I, i'm sorry i don't know what we're talking about and i watched every day from the creation of the web series to the the buzz at sundance to like to getting on set to the network meetings to whatever all of these stages i have watched people be endeared to Abby because she is willing to say, I don't know what I'm doing. And I, and I think that like that is, I think that could be our superpower as artists is like to stand and just be like, I'm sorry, I'm lost or I need help or people think that that's such a detriment, but because Abby does yeah. that all the time, like people will use terms around her. She's like, I don't know what that means. And then <laughs> As always, there are always four to six people in the room that are like, oh, thank God she said that. I don't know what that means. I don't know what we're doing either. Yeah. And it's when your surgeon says it that isn't good. <laughs> yeah. But I think as an artist, it's like, we're learning. Let's make mistakes together. Yeah. But people don't like to look um, yeah. vulnerable and foolish. And so I think people, I watch people champion Abby because... She's just like, what am I doing? And then you watch a set full of people say, oh, you're going to stand over here and do this now. And then she's yeah. just like, I don't, I've never done this. Yeah. No. And you, you know what I love to just hearing um, feedback on this show that I've heard from many different people is because I think that vulnerability being um, in, from the creator side point of like, let's just do it. I'll learn along the way. But then it, that vulnerability in the story and in the content in itself with an Abby versus Abby. Um, and when the audience, um, the feedback that I've gotten was that they are so, it's so refreshing to watch this real genuine voice, honest, vulnerable, and as if they see me for the first time or that I'm seeing somebody that is portraying me for the very first time on television. And it is, I think, that sense of um, having the strength to show that vulnerability, you know, a Abby in her or her own, own life, and then to bring that into the character of Abby as well, does display just that, that magical, um, really honest and genuine content that I think pe people are hungry for. Oh my you God. It's like the most beautiful moments that are so relatable. 
And it doesn't matter what the relationships are. Like there's a moment when, when Abby looks at Chris, when they're just falling in love and my heart just melts. It's just like, oh, I, like I'm getting goosebumps. Like I remember falling in love. Like they're all such relatable moments. Do you think that, you know, our, your improv training, like tell me about how your improv, improv training came into play. Maybe uh, Celeste talk a little bit about that because I feel like that also served you so well just to have a bunch of people that are on their toes going, I don't know, let's see where this goes. Well, definitely. I mean, being in that environment with Tim, you know, um, directing and Tim and I met in our very first improv class together. Abby, I've known longer than anyone else in Chicago, minus my brother. I met her when I still lived in Iowa. Um, For another yeah. podcast, now. <laughs> <laughs> we got time, man. We and got time. So, so it was a very comfortable setting. It's a, it is literally a dream for me to yeah. come on to this set daily with my best friends so I don't have that anxiety of like because I know Adam's <laughs> going to be honest with me Tim's going to be honest with me I've developed that same type of um relationship with Lily that that people are, know that I, I I'm not going to take it personally like tell me what's up I, I want to do the best I can that works for the story and um you know um and knowing and performing with Abby for two, you know, decades, it's, it's, it is that comfort thing. But I will tell you, there are moments um, that we shot that we were allowed to play a little bit. We always usually stuck to script, but then once in a while, we, we were able to play a little bit or people would have these ideas and we just have fun with it, which always makes it really fun and refreshing to do. But there was that scene that um, Ab there were two different moments that I remember where my acting game was leveled up by working opposite of Abby. Which one? One was in the, um, the bedroom when she was going through um, a tough time, uh, I think with Mel. The Christ thing? The what? <laughs> yes, the power of Christ. But the other one was in the parking lot, which was, a lot of that was kind of improvised of the wedding, we were sitting down having a smoky treat. And- That was, um, that was a rough day, I remember, yeah. Yeah, and, but, but I remember just, just working opposite of abs. And, uh, and honestly, like it was just so real that you could only be pulled into that moment, which is what improv brought to me on set is the now. It's not, we're not thinking, we're automatically like in that moment. And so you just react because it's so real and, and there's no thinking what next or what just happened, it's the immediate. And, and so I was drawn into that, I think mostly because we're both from that improvised world. Yeah, there were scenes that you two are talking and I'm like, oh, you're just talking to each other. Like it was so beautiful. I felt like I was eavesdropping into your friendship. And I would say, because <laughs> a lot of the folks we were able to, um, to bring on our, our like dear dear friends of, of mine and of Tim's and uh, who are amazing improvisers and um, when and and some of the folks uh, who are amazing actors but don't necessarily have the, the improvising um, uh, you know uh, muscle or whatever and and, and that's I, I mean everybody every actor it was so and from everybody like from like somebody who had one line to to uh, other folks that were like you know uh, really important characters. Uh, were so so great, but there was a gift uh, that I that I felt like first day with Mary Sohn on her comfort level because uh, like her career, you know, I, I've always been like I would like I, she's lived in LA. I'm like, I'm gonna stop. 
I'd be like, I came all the way down. She's like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, there you are. Anyways, and that comfort level that she had, and then we were able to improvise. Also, I'm really bad at learning lines, but it helps when like the, that you're speaking like your character and it's based on you and you're one of the writers. It's like, fuck off. This is what I meant to you. But then when you're with somebody who like, and all these three women, these dear friends of mine are fucking top notch improvisers. And that was always again. And, and Kate, like, you know, that was one day, but boy, we had fun. And the, 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 what Kate brought to that scene was like the, I think the thing anyways that I saw I haven't really watched it. I've only watched the first two that were shown at a premiere. And it's just been it's a really good. I haven't been able to, to really watch past the edit stuff. Like I watched through the edits, but I haven't seen the final. But like the what we chose for, for Kate's thing, I don't think that was on the page, you know? And then with Celeste, of course, like, I think at that time we were in the hospital, remember doing the hospital scene? And there was, and like, you know, and also we didn't have, we are, you know, our, our budget was so tight. We were so, it was very fast. And um, so we didn't have a lot of time to improvise. Uh, but boy, that was the first time I was laughing so hard. I was crying. And then like, like Blaine, our, our uh, second camera, like the, the steady cam friend of ours was like, but we were all crying. It was so fun. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is amazing. Don't think I answered your question. No, you're, it's, this is all, this is the, still on the first question, right? Yeah. So back, Mary. What's your name? <laughs> Wake up. Mary. Uh, Mary, what's your, what do you feel like your improv skills, how did that get heightened? Because um, I feel like also you have, you've all got such, you're my favorite kind of improvisers because you're not just jokers. You're jokers with like depth or like revealing so that you think you're having a good time. And then, oh, what? That's a reveal of truth. Mary, how did you feel like your improv muscles got exercised on a set? Um, well, I feel like, uh, like having Tim direct who doesn't just allow for improv, but he really values it. And I think being on set with that sort of energy makes you want to make it better as opposed to just more. Like what a scene doesn't need is just more dialogue. But when he lets you just kind of pop off, that's the theme of today. Um, when he does let you pop off, um, I really think he wants to enrich it, make it more personal. And just in this idea of improv in general, like. I think so many times in improv when you're coming up in sort of this structure in Chicago, especially, the story is very like, this is what you do, then you do this, 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 this. And then you're also being told, but you gotta have your own story. You gotta do it your own way. And it really is like, well then how do you, how do, you do it? And what is so like fascinating about all this is that Abby was able to do it her way and that the ways that people were doing it up to that point, it, I don't think that really appeals to Abby. I don't think like fame is what drives her. So it's been really cool to see. You should check her Instagram. She's well, selfie. <laughs> oh, look at me, selfie, selfie. Yeah, I've, I've posted little... like 18 times since we started. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the same picture though, Abby. You got it. <laughs> no, really? Oh. <laughs> anyway, yeah. all I can say, it's different when you're like improvising with people that you like and respect, and also know that just more is not better. I, I love that. that. Yeah. I think that's such a great piece of advice for improvisers that more isn't, that sometimes it's stillness, sometimes it's just listening harder. Listen I was harder. Actually like, can somebody write that and send it to me? Cause I need, I need we'll, we'll send it, we'll give you a transcription. <laughs> okay. Uh, but there's also like vulnerability comes up a lot in this discussion, you know, because I feel like writing a one person show alone is like, being naked and then showing that to more than just an audience every night to showing that to like was there a reverberation of 
I don't know, like vulnerability hangover after this was aired? Well, I, th I think so. And I think, uh, and I think Kate, Kate was, because uh, we, I mean, I, I, every time, I, every once in a while, I'll be like, I'm really sorry, you're my person. <laughs> it's a big <laughs> job. It's not Kate. I'm really sorry. She's like, all right. <laughs> Luckily, I'm friends with Steve, her husband, and I'm like, hey, I'm so sorry, I need to. Anyways. Um, the vulnerability hanger, I, I got to say, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm going to, I think I know what you're asking. Um, it takes me a minute, but I would say, yeah, there, there's something, I'm, I'm actually a, a really private person, and I think social media is fucking evil, and uh, certain companies are the devil, and it's ruined so many things. So we'll start with that. <laughs> and I've never been on social media because I hate it with a venom. Uh, uh, we don't have time. Um, so I've never been on it. And also, uh, that says because, it, it, but when people be like, you have to be on Facebook because it's going to hurt your career. I'm like, bitch, I'm doing like free shows. I'm not, it's not, I don't have a career. Um, but I would always say, you know, the reason I'm not on social media is because uh, of my mental health. And so if I had started social media when it started, I, I not to be histrionic, I, I would not be able to do a show. Like, right. Like I, I just, I know myself pretty well. I think uh, that's one thing uh, I know. I know myself very well. Um, not really happy about that. Moving on. Um, <laughs> uh so when I, when I did the, the one person, the second one person show, which was just storytelling. So there was no sketch. It wasn't like improvised or something. It was, it was, it was storytelling show, show. And our, our dear friend, Brendan Dowling, who also was a staff writer this year. Amazing. Uh, he, I, I asked him to direct it for me. And, and it was always like, uh, where do you want to do it? I, I want to do it in a really small theater. And it's like 10 people there and it's a black box and, all I have is a chair and a table and has a picture of my nephew on it and my drink and a water and a Carmex and Kleenex. I, I was like, that's what I need. I need it to be a safe space. You know, he's like, well, you know, so we ended up doing it at, at, at IO and they have like probably a 60 person, uh, a 60 seat theater that we, that we were able to get. So, so we did it there and I was like, okay. And he's like, we can set it up as a safe space. My whole thing is about safe space. Right. Um, so we set it up and I was like, okay, this is very vulnerable, but there's only like 60 people here. So like, and I, and I was so hypocritical. I'd be like, now I know this is hypocritical, but whatever I say in here stays in here because it was sort of like control this, <laughs> this private stuff. Um, yeah. So like that, that sort of set felt as much as control as I could have over that. And, and it was really, it was lovely. I mean, I really, I really enjoyed doing that. And then, you know, and then, then we were able to turn this into a TV show. And, and that's a whole other like audience now. So now. Exactly you, right. And then I like was like, you've oh, shown I'm your shoulder to one audience. Yeah. And now you're showing your I'm shoulder blocked. to the Yeah. Like yeah, that, that's what I want blocked. to tell you. Yeah. That's exactly. really just a way of telling you you're screwed. Yeah. That, that's, uh, but it's that's also, don't you find like all of you, like uh, improv is such um, a vulnerable place to be because you can't know what you're going to reveal until you reveal it. Oh, and I, yeah, right. Like I feel like even when I improvise, it's the easiest thing for me to do is cry in improv because I'm so connected to the scene. Do you find yourselves like, when's the last time you got sweaty from vulnerability as a performer, as a writer, as an artist? 20 um, seconds ago? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, is this like, and, and, and that was being generous. <laughs> Somebody else is, I've been talking a long time. No, Kate, Kate, what about you? I mean, you're, you're writing. So there's, you know, Miriam's a character. 
is a different, you have such heart with that character, but you're also writing, which is a different level of vulnerability as well. Yeah, and I, this might sound like bullshit, but I, I, I don't think a lot about Miriam when we're writing the show. Like that feels like such a teeny odd, you know, tertiary part to the story. Like and I had to say really quick, we were gonna put Miriam. She's like, I don't know, if we need Miriam in this episode. I'm like, girl, <laughs> Abby's like, I'm trying to write you into. <laughs> Mi Miriam's gotta be in no. the episode. That's she'd be like, I don't know best for the show. I'm like, motherfucker, right? We're gonna write Miriam. Continue. I'm Sorry, Kate. No, it's it's whatever. I mean, I think right. I think what that means is writing is my favorite. So it's like I will. That's where I will live first. But I think um, I think with writing of the show, I feel like it, in thinking about like sweaty vulnerability, uh, two things come to mind. One is imposter syndrome, and I think Abby kind of spoke to this. Uh, goal that she and Tim Mason had is that they were going to pull up all of these people around them that have been doing this for decades and and haven't gotten the shot or whatever whatever we all think is like now you've done it and you're legit um, which is a whole nother, we could talk about that for years, right? Because that drives me insane about uh, the work, especially I'll speak about Chicago Improv. The work itself is like incredible. And when people come and see it and they're like, so what are you, what are you trying to do? And I'm like, I just did it. Yeah. What, what are you that? trying to do? What, what are you trying to do? <laughs> <laughs> you just sat there. What are you doing? Yeah. That come at me. I know I'm preaching to the choir with the people that are probably watching this right now. So that was, a, that was a cheap, like, can I get an amen? But, um, you know, Ray Ray's like, amen, Kate. She's <laughs> hey, Ray Ray. Hi, Ray Ray. Need love for Ray Ray. Okay. But, uh, I think in, uh, Abby and Tim's effort to, uh, take as many people along for the ride, because I think both of them, which is again, really cool. They got this shot and they didn't pretend like they assumed this was always gonna happen. Like I watched the two of them on the daily go, oh my God, oh <laughs> my God. Like from, you know, people responding at Sundance to then them going to have meetings to then them Showtime saying, yeah, we think we want it to be us. Like the whole time it, it, it felt like a dream. And so they kept saying and green lighting, the, the three of us that are on this panel are three people that they're like, and what if, and what if, and what if? So I think a lot of us showed up to this job and we were like, I know I was like, I don't want to be the fucker that drowns this dream because they were like, and then we brought this loser along and she's never. So I think it was a bunch of people that were called to like rise to the occasion and act like we had been there before, even though none of us had been there before. And again, I'm gonna give a shout out to Lily Wachowski because she'd been there before. And so it was this protection that we all felt. And then even rolling into season two, I see this whole creative team, this producer team taking more risks, not less. They're like, well, then what if we bring in these people and these people and these people? And to me, I'm just, that's when I was like, oh God, oh God. You know, like we all have that feeling of like, I hope nobody, I, like my whole thing was like, I hope nobody from the network is like, that that woman, can I see her resume? <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> Who's that? Why do we do that to ourselves though? Like you, you have a, 
we all have these amazing IMD slash resumes and we've tried and true as comedians. Why are we still thinking that we're imposters? How I don't know. That, that's what I will say has been the best part about this is I think, and tell me if I can speak for this team, is again and again over the last year plus, I found myself being like, oh God, I've been doing this for 25 years. Like I, I, I was like, oh, right. I know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing right now. I've been doing it over and over and over. Right. It just hasn't fit in this room under this title before. Can I speak to that? Yeah. Uh, I, I think the reason why we, I, I'll speak for my, the reason I, I see, uh, because I've seen people be like, um, well, what, what's their resume? And I'm like, I was, I was going to work on something. They're like, well, what's their resume? I'm like, a year ago, I didn't even have any, anything. Like people, I, I find it really interesting. This is more on a personal level that, that I'm hearing from some people. And two years ago, they thought that, that I was super lazy and didn't do anything. And now they're saying, God, she's been, she's worked so hard for this. And it's just this false thing that I was so, for, I'm so fucking fortunate. I, I, I just am so fortunate that I've been given this opportunity, invited to be part of this world. And, and the, again, the only reason I'm here is because of people like the, 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 the other uh, lovely people on this panel. And, and like, you know, the narrative two years ago is, God, she's so fucking lazy, she didn't do anything. What did she do with her day? And now those same fucking people are like, God, she's really worked hard. So I, I think the reason why we're like, Oh, first of all, I don't want to speak. Well, I, I've seen it. Like, well, can you send me their resume? It's like, I, I just need you to know, I, I want to work with this person. And I'm telling you, a year ago, I didn't have one. So like, we have been doing this work. I think we were putting together the years of improv in the writing room. And it was like over 130. And it was like, it's as it's performing, it's writing, it's sketch acting. It's like finding out, like talking to truth. And I think it is such bullshit um, and it comes from, and like, you know, on one side, I understand because that's how shit works. But boy, the, the thing that we're so lucky with, with, that I'm so lucky with, with Lily is that she has so much power that she's able to like, yeah, but that's not how we're going to do this. <laughs> and, and it's such an amazing gift. And this year we went back, like, uh, you know, we went back into the writing room and we had really, I think our, 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 finale was like, I don't know, I don't watch, like January, let's say January, last week of January. And then we went back in um, on February 4th. Like we did not have time away to like, honestly heal or and like rest and stuff. And then um, they were, and this was before the writer's strike, we hadn't even been greenlit. And they were like, uh, okay, well, we, they, uh, Showtime was like, hey, we, we, there's probably gonna be a writer's strike. So even though you haven't been renewed yet, we'd like to like, you know, get, start thinking about a writer's room. And and because it was so fast, uh, I talked to Lily. I was like, look, these are the people that I want in my room. And, and uh, I, can have them, I can have them send the, their, their resumes and stuff. But like, can you please tell them, like, you are making us go. We don't have time to vet people. This is so, I, I go back to the vulnerability. It's really fucking difficult. And I'm not, I, like, again, I, whenever I say that, I'm so lucky. I hope that comes across. I'm the most fortunate. But it is very difficult. Um, and it's also, I, I, and I'm fortunate, whatever. But it's very difficult. So like, that was kind of in a, in a way, it was like, so this year, um, and we, we hired two writers that, that um, 
I didn't know, but like, so this year, like uh, Kate and Tian Tran came back. They were, they were uh, punch-up writers last year, but no, not, no TV credits. And then our, our, my, like, you know, my dear friends, best friends, you know, it's a level not person, uh, uh, Amanda Blake Davis and Brendan Dowling. And it was like, look, and, and, and also I have to say Showtime's been nothing but lovely to me. They gave me my dream and they've been very supportive. So this isn't, she, Lily was like, look, you're making us come back. And this is so vulnerable. And Abby needs these people in the room because they're people that she trusts and they have all this experience. But without that, it wouldn't have happened. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, we didn't have time to vet. So like, uh-uh, you're making us go back with no rest. We need to staff it with people that Abby trusts. And really, these ladies know, I trust hardly anybody, so. <laughs> but it's such a place of like, when you, because I've seen your interviews before, Abby, where you're like, I'm a hot mess. I'm lacking in confidence. And then what you need is to be as confident as possible. Exactly right, into yeah. This. Yeah, exactly. I'd love to hear, like, what was the moment, maybe you can all speak on this, is what was the moment where you watched Abby step into that number one role? Do you remember a moment? Because I, I always feel like there's a time where you, so things just go kuchukunk and they just go forward after that. Kate, do you have a, have a thing? <laughs> Kate, like, hasn't happened. I know. No, you're <laughs> wrong, Bill. I have a very specific moment and, it, and it's, it's after season one, which is, which might seem bizarre, but, um, Abby uh, was a guest on uh, Stephen Colbert's show, and I went with her and was and was backstage before she went on and watched her get mic'd up and and uh, then I was able to go down and and stand off the stage as as she came out and it I was like this is an out of body experience I was like. Oh my God, in one calendar year, <laughs> yeah. she went from, I guess we got into Sundance, like <laughs> literally to, I have a television show. The season is almost done airing. I am now sitting on a couch on a late night chat show. And um, also it was just a lovely night because um, Colbert is a Second City alum and they were able to connect on that. But uh, I, I was just like, well, this is surreal. Like if you watched this in a show, you'd be like, what, how did that happen? Yeah. So that to me, I felt like, I felt myself <laughs> like floating above watching the situation being like, this is bananas. Yeah. And, and I was like, and afterwards, and I don't even know, like I can't remember if we talked about this Abby, but like the next day, I, it took me like two days to recover from that because I felt like a, I was like so like nervous for her and excited for her and like wasn't doing any of it, was like standing back over there. Yeah. But like, I like went through it all and then I was like, I think I'm hung over from that experience <laughs> because it felt like, yes. um, it felt like a culmination, like period on the sentence for some reason i don't know why we can that's a separate ted talk why do we need those moments to feel like anything was valid but it felt like uh i don't know it was bizarre and i yeah. was like oh there is my friend who created and stars in her own show about her life what is <laughs> <laughs> what? It was make believe make believe 
I mean, that's, it's been in progress for, since, for a couple of years. It's not like it just came in overnight. Like you've been working on this for a long time, since 2016, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, like we, we shot that, the, uh, the beginning of the pilot is a scene where my therapist dies. We shot that September of 16. Then it, it kind of, and we had written a pilot. And then that, that like, that we kind of shelved that. And at the end of two, seven, 2017, uh, Tim was like, look, I'm sick of having meetings. Um, let's just, I think we should do it. And it's like, yeah, we're going to do it on our own. So we're like, let, instead of a pilot, we're going to do a web series. And then uh, we were going to go with a production company. It wasn't, it wasn't going to work out. So it was like, okay, we're going to self-fund ourselves. So we, we found, we found the money. And then, uh, and then we shot it, you know, we, we shot it. Amazing. Uh, in 2018. And then um, th like three, like the, the week of Thanksgiving of 2018, we found out we got into Sundance. And then we went to Sundance of January 2019, last week of January, I think. And then January 15th of 2020, I'm, I'm sitting next to, uh, across the, the desk from Stephen Colbert. I mean, it is fucking nuts. And I, again, I, I think I haven't said, like, can, can we look at the women that I'm with here on this panel? And I, I just, I can't say enough. Like, this shit would not have happened for, 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 unless for Celeste and Mary and Kate. And they all are such important parts of the show. And they're in such many different, different avenues of, of what they bring. And, and they bring, that sounds weird. Like Celeste is, is a regular. Mary is an amazing, like she's the one, one of the, like the, the greatest joys on camera. And then like my boss and wacky and stuff. And then Kate is not only a writer, but then also this character who does, I, I just, I cannot, I, I feel like I've we've talked a lot about, oh, the show is heavy. It is not, you know. I think it comes down from number one, though. I think that uh, you, okay. if you, were a, yeah, if you I, were a jerk, it would be a real jerky production. <laughs> well, I, just, I, I do want to say, oh, sorry, I'm, no, no, I just well, I, I want to say, um, when when Abby called me um, to do the bit at the time, it was a, a wet web series, and um, she's like, it, "Like you'll be here like less than thirty six hours." I'm like, "Great, I'm in." But I remember thinking to myself, like, because I'm I manage apartments on the side for a hobby, and I'm like, "Shoot, I don't know if I if I can do this." But it's Abby and Tim, and I'm like. I'm going to do this. And so I flew in. I think I was there less than like 40 hours. <laughs> you were there less than 40 hours. Yeah. Yeah. Came in, do, do, uh, did those uh, two, two scenes, flew home. And then, and then all of this stuff started happening. And it's like, holy shit. If I didn't say yes, like, you know, to, to these little- You'd be managing apartments. Well, she still is. Uh, <laughs> hey, Naomi, we're we're a low budget, and I, I everybody on hey, the panel, I'm so sorry. Hey, I do this. I do do my apartments for love, okay? For <laughs> love. Right. That's right. I have to ask you some questions from the audience because we have to wrap it up. And again, we could talk forever. Somebody, um, Sydney Nielsen, who does all our social media and she also produces our podcast, asked, "What's a major takeaway of uh, that any of you got from working through Lily's experience and through her support?" Who's, who's got something from working with Lily? Oh, Abby, go for it. I mean, I, I, I what I would say is that it has uh, not only, I think um, it helped me find my voice earlier than I think I would have. Uh, and like, uh, like to the point where she is, she's such a, uh, I call her my warrior. And I think, um, and that she has so much confidence and, and knows what she wants. And, and then, um, 
and has the power to declare it. And I think that like when we would be on calls with, with, with the network and, and going over notes and I would be able to be like, actually, no, that's not how this is. And I, I, I wonder, I wonder how different that would have been without Lily, uh, like giving us that opportunity. First of all, we wouldn't have been on Showtime without Lily attached. Let's, let's just be honest about that. And then the most, really the most beautiful day, and I, I've talked about it several times is that, you know, we really wanted to people our, our, our world not just like on set, like not just with the main character, like characters, but all, or, or like behind the scenes, but like with queer folks and, and non-binary folks and, and trans folks. So she was like, well, what, what we're going to do, we're going to do a queer day of casting. So we have the most amazing casting director, AJ Langs, what's up, um, at PR Casting. And, and so we were like, hey, we want to do this. And she sent out this thing and it was like, hey, are you, are you uh, transgender, non-conforming, non-binary, queer, uh, are you a performer or maybe not? Give the story to tell, come on in. And it was Lily and me, and, and we met all these wonderful folks and we had a little interview and then they did a scene. And, and it was like, honestly, like it, made, it was the most powerful day out of this whole thing it was a day of casting. And, and, um, and, and she was like, it's because like in my world and Lily's world, we look, we look pretty close. That's what our world looks like, right? It's not just, it's, yeah. it's not just like one queer character, one trans character. It's like our world is peopled with queers and they are, uh, you know, I'm like, we are everywhere, but they are everywhere. See, like now we see shows like this and you are teaching language without even knowing you're teaching language. Yeah, People it, now yeah. will see a relationship and go, that's so I so connect to that relationship and it doesn't matter what people it doesn't matter right they are and I, and I think that like you know and my whole thing about the show is that like it, it is chock the block from top to bottom with with unpalatable queers which like queers that are not uh normally accepted in, in American society we unpalatable queers for America and, and like and that is a fucking great thing and, and the fact that a fat 52 year old dyke with mental illness, has a TV show is fucking nuts. Come on now. I mean, it's anything can happen. <laughs> it's nuts. It's so it's exciting though. Like I feel like also, whether you think you don't, you do or not, you have a confidence that goes. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. Because you wouldn't I, yeah. be here right now. That's right. Yeah. And if you do have a moment of like, oh, I don't know if I. You look to your left. You look to your right, and you're surrounded by these kick-ass people that go. We got you. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Everybody was like, we got you. Okay. So somebody, somebody asked, somebody also asked about the reality of the almonds. Um, because that was also for me when I was watching, I'm like, oh, what a cute little way into a story. The almonds thing. Yeah. It, that's fabricated. That is fabric. I, I do it's fucking so hate smart, almonds. Though. I, I, I hate almonds. I, 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 I like, well, have some almonds. Go fuck yourself. They're, okay. they're gross. We're like, you know, it gives you protein and it's a little snack. Go fuck yourself. Um, and, and it's insulting. So like, but that, that laying them out, um, I'm not going to show you my suicide. Just do it. That, that was too much. Did you uh, have chemistry with Chris, the, um, Theo's character? Oh right my away? God. Oh, like Theo is an amazing actor. Oh and, my God. Uh, they've been so phenomenal from like, we met them. They were the first person that came into audition for that character. And right when they, and we were so nervous because Tim early on was like, if we don't get the right Chris, we're fucked because, fucked. and, and like Theo, uh, walked in and, and uh and we did the scene and then uh they left and uh tim and i were like we we both were like <sighs> and it had been about like 12 months of being like oh, this is all fucked if we don't have to chris so we were so lucky and and they've been such an important part from from the beginning to to like you know to, to the end like i mean so wonderful 
So yeah. So if there's a question from the audience from Monique, my friend Monique Madrid, who's asking about behind the scenes, will there be a, a behind the scenes release? And if there is, Celeste, what would be the scene that you wish would turn up? Or what would be the moment from set life that you're like, oh, I hope they captured that? Um, probably, uh, uh, <laughs> um, maybe, uh, shit. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I just kind of remember if I, if I have glimpses of behind the scenes, I'm usually like knocking on Abby's door to see what she's listening to music wise or um, or where our chairs are gonna be, um, uh, where we're gonna sit in between scenes so we're not in the way of other people. We've had a lot of those moments on like moving. <laughs> oh, but Abby, one of my favorite ones is when Abby and I were in the car. <laughs> and, and like never driving, like we were being, and I just remember like crying because yeah. It was just so surreal, this whole thing. Yeah. And, and um, so, so there's many like glimpses of behind the set um, yeah. stuff. That where you must look at each other and go, look what we're doing. I can't yeah. believe we get uh, to we do have, it. Yeah, and just like Tim and I, everyone was like, what the fuck is going on? And Celeste and I were like, what the fuck is going on? Who knew 25 years, 30 years after a, a keg meetup. Throughout, throughout from, from the first episode, to the last episode, yeah. ended by Mary Sohn. Um, it, it was, I think we all looked at each other like, can you guys fucking believe this? <laughs> and I think we still do that. And Kate, Kate and I, like, we still, it's like, what the fuck? Like, it's, and, and Colbert, like, she was, like, she was with me, on, like, backstage, and we're like, what the fuck is going on? And, and uh, yeah. But is there a sense Ooh. of, like, you know that feeling of, like, you strive, you strive, you strive for the thing. Oh, I want my own show. I want to be on a regular on a show. And then you get to do that, and you're like, oh, Boy, where do I go from that? Mary, do you have that sense? Because you've done like a bunch of shows. Do you have that kind of sense of like, what's next? <laughs> well, for sure, this show has kind of ruined me. Yeah. Because, like, uh, Lily also, like she doesn't know me at all, but the way she like really embraced me and I'm sitting there in the table re weeping over stage directions. <laughs> like the, uh, the writing is incredible. Um, but I mean, yeah, the thing is, is after, I did work in progress. I really was like, I really do want to do the work that I care about. Yeah. I don't care about what it looks like to be a next step or whatever. I, it really started to connect and change me, which I'm like kind of seeing the after effects now where I'm like, oh, I need to really start making decisions based on what I care about not what is being sold to us as the, the end goal. And the end goal is really depressing to me. I actually really like to think of this as like a, a process, <laughs> a journey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're getting, we're digging deep now, Mary. I then, love it. Yeah. I was thinking about behind, uh, behind the scenes, that's what BTS stands for. No. Um, oh shit, oh my God. <laughs> mute her, can somebody mute her? Uh, let me roll. Um, what I got to see is that, like, truly, if you were a PA, if you were Krevdy, if you were a best boy, whatever, they all had a really personal relationship with Abby. Every single person, I did not see a single person do this thing, like, is this okay that I'm here? And I was like, wow, I didn't feel that way. None of these people on set or part of the crew feel that way. 
And so I, yeah, the way it's changed me is that I, I really want to continue to do work that I really care about and think is really important. I mean, you're changing the world. This is really exciting. Deanna Moffat wanted everybody to do their, their best Abby McEnany impersonation. I could um, Deanna. <laughs> anybody want to do an Abby McEnany uh, impersonation impression? We got to get Brendo and Blando on this. I was just going to say, I wish we could just enter in Joey Blando. Wait, Abby, what was the word that you kept saying? Like, rink? <laughs> oh, rink. Yeah, I say rink. rink I'm not going to do it. Rink. It's not natural. Rink. Yeah, amazing. Abby has her own um, vocabulary, which, I mean, it makes it very easy to write for her. Because, like, <laughs> when in doubt, you're just like, I'm just going to put in, like, one of these, like my husband actually, my, I was working on a script and he came in the room, he like pretended to look at the script and he just goes, fuck you, Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, Tate, you need to write things other than like. <laughs> I mean, do you though? I think it's pretty spot on. I do I feel like, like shows like this are sort of setting the stage for other shows to go, oh, I want, I want in on that. Like, look what Abby's created by by kindness and I went in on that and then I know you created because you wanted to write things for yourself so I actually kind of feel sorry for people that are working too early in their careers and don't have to create for themselves well I guess <laughs> look know, what you did well I have to say I think the what I think something that has been like because I you know uh, we all can define success differently but I would say I, I never had career success in t until this and, and I still am not it's still very unreal but I would say that the, the thing, the gift that I had with age is that I, I there are certain things I wasn't going to compromise on. And, and so like, like if it wasn't going to, like, if it, if it would, if it wasn't going to be a certain way, I was like, it's not worth it to me. Like, I was like, the first time that I, I like, I, I said to, I, to Tim, like, if we, like, this was 2016, if we ever get to sell it, I won't sell it unless I get to play myself. And then when we met our EPs, I was like, just so you know. I would never sell it. I just wanted to, I tell people up front, I'm not going to sell unless I can play myself. When we met our lawyer, I'm like, I just want you to know, you know, and then like, it was certain things. It's like, I will not do that. And like, and cause I, like, look, I've known failure for, for forever and it doesn't scare me. Like I, I understand what that world looks like. And so like the idea, uh, and also y'all, I'm still in the same apartment. It's not like I'm fucking jet set in places. I, <laughs> I mean, I paid some debts and I'm like, Hey, everybody, Rick. I mean, like, it's not like my life is, <laughs> but I think that that is such a gift to not be, that's, I mean, I'm just, I, you know, the fact I'm so uh, uh, very fortunate, but like uh, the fact that it came late, uh, late, uh, you know, I, uh, that is a bullshit thing. Like we're all on our own thing and God bless. And, uh, but I think the fact that I, I was willing to walk away if I felt like certain things that really are so like dear to me and like, important to me we're not going to be i was like i i know what this life looks like and i've been living it for 25 years and god bless you know what i mean and i i cannot say like what a gift that is like i i don't know i i mean to add on to that as an outsider i i am thinking about we we were at a um, festival thing before the show premiered in new york you were visiting in new york and i was there and they they aired the first couple episodes and um this guy who's like a press guy it was very informal and afterwards he was talking to abby and he was just like why why have i never seen you before where where have you and abby's like oh you know you've been in chicago doing my thing and he was like no, but i mean wh why, why haven't you 
And Abby said to him, it's because I've never booked anything I've auditioned for. And, and he laughed. He was like, ha ha, you know. And she goes, no, 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 hold on. That's my best friend over there. Kate! She goes, <laughs> like, have I ever booked an audition ever? And I was like, she's never booked anything. <laughs> I was like, she had to write her own show. And the guy was like, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think this is going to sound incredibly cheesy, but I think one of the reasons oh. people like this show is because it's Abby being Abby and she is not fitting into somebody else's idea of a character. So she wrote it for herself. So yeah, like this is like, you know, the people that are gathered here listening to this, like go out and make your own shit because right now people more than ever are looking yeah. for individual voices. And yeah. it, in what I mark my words, this is what's going to happen because of this individual success based on a singular perspective you will watch the industry try to recreate Abby McEnany's or you'll be described I'm telling you to go into auditions and it's going to say an Abby McEnany type. And that's, yeah. that's insane. That's why this industry is insane because Abby, I watched her through even, even during her time at second city, when that was like, she had a platform still being told, well, there's these roles that you can't play because you don't look like the women that were on the stage before you. So it's, it, to me, it's a complete reframe and it's the most exciting part about it. And it's also the thing I hate about this whole thing that we do is now it'll try to be carbon copied instead of learning the lesson, which is why don't we go out and find a new story of somebody. Be your own Abby, people right. will say. And I would say also like write your own shit, but then also figure out early like what's important to you and what you're willing to compromise on and, and, and stick to that. Like, just know, like, are you willing to walk away if blank? And Amazing. know that early because like you, you might come upon that and like, people are like, oh, they're not going to let you do it. I'm like, cool. I, I'm good. I'm good. I'd rather not do it. You know what I mean? So I would just say like, write your shit. Uh, people aren't going to give it to you. You got to, I mean, I was given so many gifts by the people I worked with and who came in to help. And Tim and I were so lucky, but know first what you were willing to compromise on and if nothing, stick to it because like, there's nothing about, I can't imagine like, Yeah. Be like I mean, Abby. Abby. Abby set her standards high from day one, and the show represents that she did not buckle for anything. I mean, there were some things, but yeah. <laughs> what did you buckle on? <laughs> I mean, come on, we don't have time, but it's not oh, like, oh! That's stuff maybe I didn't know about. No time, and she's like, I demand this. Bitch, I work for she's a network. So Season two, the role of Abby is being played by Charlize Theron. <laughs> I mean, she was like, oh, I was going to say something self-deprecating. I'm going to save it to the chat after. Folks, I, I have to wrap it up. I have to say thank you to We're you four people. We could talk forever, and there's so many more questions, but you're going to have to go over to Facebook and answer them in person. I have to thank the four <laughs> of you. You are so extraordinary, but not only for joining us for this hour, but for creating what you've created, for setting this standard, that makes me want to just do craft services for you on that set, just to be there. I wanna just be part of your magic because I feel like it's just infectious. And I think that everybody listening to this will get that kind of idea that they have to keep their standards up, but they also have to keep their kindness standards up because I feel like that's what you did to, to win. Um, that is really kind, thank you so much. And I'm such a fan. I'm making t-shirts and bobbleheads for all of you because I'm such a fan <laughs> and that's goes without saying. Um, I have to thank, my firecracker team that 
is just an incredible group of people. We've got Winnie Wong who does publicity. She's incredible. <laughs> Sydney Nielsen who does podcast production and editing. Anna Gustafson who jumped in even though her hand was really broke, not broken, but she had a bad hand and she did all the graphics. She must have done it with her nose. Uh, Rebecca Marquardt who's done all the tech stuff and kept us all looking snazzy. Um, Showtime for just making this happen, which is so great. We believe so much about and, you know, and, uh, encouraging and supporting people like you folks, but also these are all the firecrackers. Come on into the room, firecrackers. Yeah, oh my God. Hey. Um, yeah oh, look at this. Hi. These are all the firecracker core folks, Winnie and AJ and Veronica and Anna Hi. and Emily mm -hmm. and Farah. And they're, oh my God. I love you all so much. For the last thing, I just want to get one sentence from Abby, Kate, um, Mary, and Celeste. Oh, and there's Sydney. Uh, what is one piece of advice you would have given to your younger self in one sentence? Celeste? Trust that things will work out. Great. Kate? Uh, it might take longer than you think, and that's okay. Mary? Energy is not unlimited. Abby? Oh, uh, um, uh, you know what? I, I'd like to uh, be kind to yourself and, and uh, uh, be, be, uh, tr listen to the people that love you. I certainly love all of you. The Firecracker Department team is just an incredible group of people that make stuff like this happen. And I'm so grateful for all of you just saying yes to it. Please go to firecrackerdepartment.com or firecrackerdept to find out what we're doing next. And um, boy, I'll be watching all four of you to find out how to get in on the magic that you're creating in the world. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank what you, an thank honor. You. Thanks for all the work you do. Thank you, thank you. Thanks you guys. Right. Didn't you love it? Isn't that just so fun? Don't you just wanna hang out with those folks? Now you can follow Mary Sohn at Merald Swan, that's one word, Celeste Picoche, at Celeste in Clogs on Instagram and on Twitter at CPikosh. Kate James on Twitter at Kate C. James. Now Work in Progress Season 2 is currently airing Sunday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern Time and Pacific Time. 11 p.m. no matter what. And that's on Showtime. For the latest updates for Work in Progress, follow Showtime at Showtime. And just so you know, this amazing production that we put together at Firecracker Department for our Facebook Live Work in Progress panel were Winnie Wong as the main producer, Rebecca Marquardt as technical director, follow her at Rebecca Loops, Anna Gustafson as co-producer, follow her at Goose Gustafson, and Sydney Nielsen as the social media manager. I hope you enjoyed the Work in Progress panel. I sure enjoyed that chat. Drop me a line anytime. Let me know what your favorite part was. Let me know what your favorite episode was. Oh my gosh, I'm so jazzed to see season two. All right, keep in touch. Go on out there and do something bold and fun. I really hope we'll see you at our TIFF party September 12th. September 12th, put it in your calendar. And if we don't see you then, we'll see you after the TIFF hiatus. Bye for now. Winnie Wong is our firecracker head producer. Follow her at wonder underscore Wong on Instagram and wonder underscore Wong 8 on Twitter. Sydney Nielsen is our head of post-production and head writer. You can follow them at Sydney underscore Nielsen. Sydney, like Australia. Nielsen, like milk. This episode is edited by Shane Stoltz. You can follow them at Shane Stoltz, all one word, and Shane with a Y. This intro was written by the one and only wonderful Winnie Wong. That's right, she's a triple W. 
The rest of the team comes at you from Toronto, Los Angeles, Austin, London, Dubai, and truly from all over the world. Get into the full Firecracker Department core team at firecrackerdepartment.com slash about because we're always updating and we're always growing. Stay tuned to our newsletter for advanced updates on our monthly meditations, upcoming mentorship workshops, live script department readings, festival partnerships, weekly writing workouts, and dates for 2021, and so much more. There's lots going on in Firecracker Department. Now, whether you're a first-time or a long-time listener to the Firecracker Department, we always, always want to hear from you. We love hearing what quotes, the specifics, the nuances of things that stuck with you. We mean it. We really do. And we respond to every single thing that comes our way. If it gives your brain goosebumps or it piques your curiosity or makes you want to stop and write something down, send it back to us or our Firecracker guest or both. I mean, everybody likes to know that when they put something out into the world, that it resonates. And if it sparks something in you, use that creativity to take some creative action. Share it because it just reverberates, you know? If you see somebody being creative, that might spark somebody else's creativity. So pay it forward. Thanks also to Jeff Malutinovic and Igor Korea for our theme music. And thanks to you. Yeah, you, sitting there, driving there, walking there, working out there, and taking time to listen. We know there's a lot of options out there and we really appreciate you choosing us. We hope to see you at maybe brunch, maybe the writing workshop. And until next time, thank you for listening to the Firecracker Department. We'll see you next time.